0: If this is something that's going to be lasting over a couple of weeks, to probably sort of just check in with each other, mm. uh, you know, a couple of times and just say, you know, is is the support that I'm offering the kind of support you would want?
1: This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I discuss what's the difference between helping And enabling. Also, what is the role of a spouse to support their husband or wife? We discuss. Stay tuned. Okay, here's the deal. I love wine. I know a little bit about wine, but I'm not an expert. But you know who is? Our wine club partner, Touring and Tasting. We have been working together for five years now and I can honestly say that they have delivered to my door some of the best wines I have ever had. We started working with them so that we could deliver to you an ongoing reminder, a treat to slow down with your spouse and enjoy each other's company and to reconnect. To help facilitate With each shipment, we provide simple date night ideas, and Touring & Tasting shares background information on the wineries and includes recipes that will pair well with your wines. I should note that many of these wines are typically only available if you actually visit the winery or become a member of that wine club. The customer service from Touring & Tasting is ridiculous. I have a friend who joined and then called me to rave about how enjoyable their customer service experience was. That's unheard of, right? So here's the deal. There are no membership fees. Shipping is free. You can cancel at any time, and these unique award-winning wines come with 100% satisfaction guaranteed, which means they guarantee the wine is delicious or they will replace it free upon request. If you decide the wine you just had was amazing and you want to reorder, you can save up to 70% off of retail. Now here's the closer. If you sign up today, you will receive your first shipment for half price. You can join right now and get your first shipment for a flat fee of $49 plus tax. This is before the half price offer. So your pre-taxed first shipment is less than $25 for two amazing bottles of wine. This is a limited time offer, so don't wait. Go to hitchedmag.com and click the wine club link to join today. Gift options are also available. wedding season around the corner and again visit hitchedmag.com and click the wine club link to join in celebrating your marriage cheers Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, by the original, Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. How are you? I am doing great. Uh, Karen, for those tuning in for the first time, is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last, um and you can get this information and much much more at her website drkarensherman.com uh as well as at our website Hishmag.com. With that out of the way uh we are going to talk today about uh the differences between enabling versus helping your spouse. Um can you like just to to start us off here Karen can you describe the distinction for our listeners and if you feel like one is better than the other?
0: Well, I certainly think that helping is better than enabling. Um, When I use enabling, I tend to think of uh, one spouse or one person having a habit that is not healthy, uh, is damaging to them in some way, and the partner uh, doing things that allows them to continue uh, in that bad habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for example, um, if you have a partner, let's say um, who is um, having trying to get over a drinking habit, and uh, says to you, "You know, I I really have this under control. I really have this under control." Uh, but I, I just want to have one glass of wine, and um, I, I'll be able to do that, and it's it's not a big deal. And you say, well, okay, you know, one glass of wine really isn't so bad. Um, you're you're really enabling them and not helping them to you know kick the habit or you know get over their problem. Um, helping is when somebody says to you. Um, I need a little assistance in, let's say, um, getting back on track in my diet or starting my exercise program. And number one, it's asked for, and it's not working towards uh, or doing something that is allowing them to continue a behavior that is really not in their
1: best interest. hmm Okay. So um, based on what we just heard, you're kind of leaning toward helping is, is more positive. Oh, absolutely. Than enabling. Absolutely. Uh, okay. I, um, I actually did a little bit of homework on this in terms of trying to find like the definition of enabling. Okay. Um, and... So the definition, uh, the literal definition as a verb is, uh, to give the authority or means to do something. Um, and so it's, it's really close. And I, I, like, we often think about enabling someone as if it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but we don't really think of it. And I think because, and, and honestly, the examples that you used were where I think most people's minds go, which is. Uh, we think of it in terms of like uh, substance abuse, for example. We ina- we're, we're enablers, right? Mm-hmm. Or just bad habits in general. Right. Like we, right. We think of it as you enable those bad habits, but it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, can there be good scenarios where you can enable them? And like, uh, so I was just thinking that, about this. Like, for example, um, you enable your spouse to eat better because you only purchase healthy foods as opposed to if they were an alcoholic, uh, you're enabling them by having alcohol in the house. Correct. Right? So uh, kind of flipping it on its head, can you be a positive enabler?
0: I I guess my bias is that I have always used the term enabling, Mm -hmm. and maybe I'm wrong. I'm not saying that this is correct, but I have always thought in terms of a negative connotation like, oh, they're such an enabler, or they're in an enabled relationship, Mm. having a negative meaning. So in the example of only buying healthy food, um, I would see that as being helpful. I wouldn't see that as enabling. Of course, in the definition that you offer, then it would be a positive enabling, Uh, I'm enabling you to start on a good foot, you know, to start out, you know, what could be a very healthy, uh, you know, situation. But again, as I said, my prejudice is that when I hear that somebody is enabling, I think of it automatically in a negative way. But yes, you, you know, I, the way that you're putting it, you know, it could be positive,
1: Got it. Sorry, <laughs> my, my my watch is going off on me here. Um, so I just want to move on and talk about the the role of the spouse. Uh, mm-hmm. Does do, and so and re- regardless of whether we're talking helping or enabling, and I, mm-hmm. I realize that I sometimes get semantic with language because I'm a a word nerd, right? Uh, uh-huh. as an editor, that's what I do. So, uh, with putting that aside, does the spouse have a role in enabling or helping their spouse? You're saying the person who's doing the enabling? Are yeah. They, like they a a, as their spouse. So for example, if basically encouraging habits of your spouse, does the, do you have a role in that if your, uh, husband or wife, is trying to make a change or you want them to make a change. And I know we often talk about you can't force anybody else to change. So I guess I'm trying to go down that road of what role do you have? Um, and but okay, should you, so should you again, try to enable or help?
0: Okay. So again, speaking from the lens of my seeing enabling as a negative thing, let me tell you the way I would respond, obviously. If your spouse is trying to look to make a change, and you're right, you can't force somebody to make a change, but if your spouse is looking to make a change and you are helping them and they've asked you for that help, then I see that as support. Mm-hmm. If, you, if your spouse is doing something that's really not healthy but you're enabling that behavior to continue. I see that as negative. And then I would also question, what are you gaining in allowing that behavior, in enabling that behavior to continue? Does it make the person dependent on you? Does Is there some kind of secondary gain for you? See, I I think you and I are having some difficulty in discussing this because I am seeing it in so much of a negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm viewing it as, you know, the, the viewpoint of, Oh, that person is an enabler. Yes. <laughs> um, again, with a lot of negative connotation to it.
1: Uh, okay. Uh, let's, what if we can talk about it as a positive, um, and let's focus on helping as opposed to enabling. Okay. Should, does the spouse have a role in trying to promote and help positive behavior? And if so, like how much should, like, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to get at is like how much support should a spouse be providing and how self-dependent should an individual be within a marriage? Okay.
0: Okay. I think that first of all, again, it's got to be based on what is asked of Mm. the mate. I'd like you to help me. Okay, how much, you know, I'm glad to offer help. In what way would you like
1: me to help? So this Um, has to come from the person who's seeking the help. You can't...
0: No, no, no. You can also say... If you have a conversation, I've noticed that, you know, um, you've been trying to um, eat healthier. This is an area that I know a lot about. Would you like for me to offer some assistance? You can do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you can't just, excuse the pun, shove it down their throats. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Okay. And then I think that if it's really going to be helpful, at some point you've got to back off. You can't be doing all of it for them, because then they're not doing it. You know, you you want the person to be learning or creating their own habits and to be self motivated. Well, if you keep doing it for them, then they're not really learning whatever it is that is supposed to be, you know, what they're attempting to learn, whether it be uh, a new exercise program. Um, a new way of um, uh, handling certain problems, a new way of eating, whatever. So, I think that it is support. It is not doing it for them.
1: Mm. I, I kind of when you're when you're talking about it, I kind of think of it about uh, uh, or in the terms of like a parent helping a child do homework, yes. for yes. example. You, it's. It, I think that's a good, clear definition of helping versus enabling. Uh, kind of a thing where you you help them, you give them assistance, um but you're not doing it for them.
0: Well, it's even in the therapeutic situation. You know, we are here to provide service and to support you, but we're not here to to do your therapy. Yeah. You've got to be able to do your to do your therapeutic work. So it's it's analogous in that way as well.
1: No, oh, that's a great one because you're right. You can't fix their marriage. They right. have to fix their marriage right. and they have to be able to – they have to be willing to do the work. So how if – you, if you are in this process of assisting, helping your spouse, uh, they have requested – they want to make some improvements in their life, whether it's fitness or financial responsibility or whatever it may be. Um, mm-hmm. How Like how can you uh, – or I guess how uh, – is there a a way to gauge how much assistance you're providing without going too far, without stepping over the line where it's like, you know what, like you're the one that's supposed to be eating healthy, but now I feel like I've become the shopper, the chef, like the everything. Um, Is that too far? Or is if the results are happening and this is the way that it works, does it matter? Yes, I think it does. Okay, I think that when you feel
0: that it really has now become your uh, task. Like you said, I'm the shopper, I'm the cook, I'm the, you know, one who makes all the decisions. That now, and now we can switch back over, um, has become your responsibility and not the person's responsibility. And so then I would, if I was working with a couple like that, say, you know, what are you getting from doing all of this? Because now it's more like, you know, you're enabling this person. Let's say they're looking for a job, Mm -hmm. okay? And the person says, I need some assistance. You know, could you help me, you know, look for things or could you help me work on my resume or whatever? And now the mate says, Sure, I'm glad to help you with that. I know that things are tight with your time, whatever. But what starts to happen is the person is the one that's always bringing the potential jobs to the person. The person is writing, is is rewriting the resume. The person is responding to the job possibilities, writing the cover letter, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's now putting the person looking for the job in a dependent role. Mm. And why is the person who's doing all the work allowing that? What are they getting from it? You know, why are they taking on so much responsibility? So if we go back to, you know, your example of like the parent, when you're parenting a young child, it is your responsibility to take on, you know, all of that because you are the parent and a child doesn't know what they're doing. But if you take on too much responsibility, then one has to question, you know, why are you doing that? Mm -hmm. what, what's in it for you?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great point. I I like that definition of it as well, because, um, it is one of those things. And and the example of the job, you you can really see the dependency and the enabling aspect of it because when they, let's just say they do get hired, you've done all this work and they do get hired. Mm -hmm. Now we don't even know if they're qualified for the job because they haven't done any of the work to get them to that position other Mm -hmm. than perhaps an interview. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that would be that step as we were describing a little too far because uh, as you pointed out, they have become (coughs) dependent on you. They can't, they haven't built up the skill set to do it on their own. They've needed you to get there. Right. And And they don't have the confidence. And they don't have the confidence and you take the training wheels off and they're going to crash. Right. So I guess it's, Offering enough support to where you can let go and they can continue to ride that bike without That's the turning correct. wheels. That's mm-hmm. correct. Um, so, uh, the final question I have here. So, are we? We just kind of laid out some of the signs that I think people can look t- look to um, if things aren't right in terms of the amount of support that you're providing. What 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 are some other signs that you can think of if you can? Uh, that things are no longer healthy, where you, you you started out with the best of intentions, I'm not going to enable, I'm just going to ho- help and support my spouse. But now you are finding that, like, ha- like, what are some signs that you've gone a little too far?
0: Well, if you find that your spouse who's asked for the help is counting on you too much, if you start to feel like you're burdened, if the spouse who's asked for the help feels like the per- other person who's giving the help is taking over too much is controlling too much. Um, you know, to me that would mean that the proper boundaries haven't been set up.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to add to this short episode this week? Uh,
0: I guess the only thing that I would say is that if this is something that's going to be lasting over a couple of weeks, to probably sort of just check in with each other, mm. uh, you know, a couple of times and just say, you know, is is the support that I'm offering the kind of support you would want? Um, you know, is there is this working for you, um, or? <laughs> Similarly, the person who's asking for help check in and say, you know, um, are you still comfortable, um, you know, doing X, Y, and Z? I think you just sort of need to check in with each other.
1: Hmm. I could also imagine that if this is a recurring theme within the relationship, that would be really good too, because you might have gone down this kind of a road in the past Mm -hmm. and you have a little bit of insight that, you know, we've tried this before and it didn't work, or we tried this before. And it went a little too far or I felt resentful or, you know, whatever the fallout may have been. Um, and and I, I guess one of the other last things I do, I do want to ask is because you brought up that time frame mm-hmm. um, where there are times when our spouse does need. Enabled assistance, I guess, where mm-hmm. they do need support, like they can't. Uh, like, let's say your spouse is like extraordinarily busy at work mm-hmm. and is bringing work home mm-hmm. and you realize like this project has a deadline of two weeks mm-hmm. and there is no way that your spouse is going to be able to do it by themselves. Or if they do do it by themselves, um, you're not going to see them. So mm-hmm. you lend a hand. Right. Is that, I don't,
0: yeah, I, I think that's perfectly fine. I uh, yeah.
1: Think, I, I yeah. Was, okay. I was just going to say, because I feel like that kind of changes the calculus a little bit in terms of um, just flat out uh, helping somebody like um, when it should be their thing to do. Uh, and so I guess I'm trying to draw that distinction since we're on the topic.
0: Yeah, I think that's perfectly fine to do. it. it might not be work. It might be, you know, that one of your parents has taken ill and you need to relinquish a lot of the things that you'd normally do at home while you put your energies, let's say, to the parent at home. And so you're working as a team. And so you say, okay, you know, I'll pick up your load for a while. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I don't consider that enabling. I consider that, you know, you're working as a team and you're you're supporting each other.
1: Mm. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I like – we because we have talked about that in the past and we've talked about the roles that couples have within relationships and in and, and their marriage and stuff. So that makes a lot of sense as well. Um, OK. We will wrap it up there. Uh, I think we kind of worked this topic pretty well. Um, we also – I wanted to mention before we go – Uh, We do have an article on the website uh, on enabling versus helping that kind of discusses some of this stuff as well from a different writer. So um, if you want to know more, you can check out hitchmag.com and do a little search for enabling versus helping and find something there. Uh, But in the meantime, that is going to do it for us this week. So thank you so much for your time, Karen. Thank you, Steve. Uh, I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, Make It Last. Uh, you can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. And as I mentioned, uh, we have uh, all the past podcasts on our website, as well as a lot more information, pitchedmag.com. Uh, so check that out and one last time thank you so much Karen take care Steve alright you too take care everybody we're on top of the